Hey guys, today I sat down and talked to Jordan Anderson. Jordan was a Green Beret in the Army. Uh, he has a bachelor's in computer and electrical engineering at Michigan Tech, a master's in electrical and computer engineering. So he's just an intelligent guy. He currently works as an electrical engineer. Uh, he is passionate about a lot of different areas. He challenges himself physically, mentally, and these conversations are ones that I've enjoyed in the past with him, and we dive into some different things. I really enjoyed this one. I hope you do as well. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. I don't, I don't like, um, this is how it is. That's the worst possible answer for me. Yeah. So, and to give you a really quick example, at the, at the power plant, we, we have a big generator. We cool it with hydrogen. And I, I can, you know, if you give it thought, you can figure out why hydrogen might, might make sense. But I ask the old timers because they always know stuff that, you know, they know all the reasons that people have forgotten. So why do we use hydrogen? Well, it, uh, it transfers heat better. Most people are like, okay. But for me, that bothers me. You know, why does it transfer heat better? So I had to go study the basic, uh, you know, more like the, the chemistry perspective of it. And now it makes perfect sense. You have balanced charges, a proton and an electron. They're equal charges. So neither of them want to give each other up. So to e for that, to eject heat, you basically need to expel an electron. Right. Which means it has to get a lot of energy, a.k.a. heat. Now being that there's two balanced charges, it can absorb a ton of heat before it actually goes out so hmm. that's one that's one of the main reasons you use it and the other one is small molecular weight it has less friction so it doesn't create as much windage drag and and also it's less dense than oxygen it's going to go up and get vented out and you don't have to worry about a hydrogen bomb and stuff for that reason and there, but basically like that now i'm comfortable and now i feel like i don't have to look it up again it it makes sense on an intuitive level so and i'd say Boy, I go off on a lot of tangents. I think that's something people are going to have to put up with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah how it, I think I've been getting better at once a train goes off the tracks at finding them again, I think. Okay. So, you know, in the big picture, what I'm, you know, right now I like to, I'm an engineer because I like to know how things work. Do I know how everything works? Not even close. And is my understanding of physics accurate? I'm, I hope so. I'm trying to get it there. But I like to ask questions. And for me, the most exciting thing in the world is learning something new. Okay. So, But then as far as to tie it with the Army, that's actually different altogether. There, I like the idea of, you know, more the challenging yourself aspect. So, and what's interesting is like right now I'm trying to get back into working out again. I'm doing push-ups every day and stuff. Not a lot, just enough to kind of knock the cobwebs off. And it's actually a pretty small commitment. I'm trying to do 50 a day for the next month. Reason being is uh, no matter how crappy you're feeling, you can't talk yourself out of that. That's so easy to do. Mm -hmm. you know, five sets of 10, you can squeeze that in. Right. So it's not a huge commitment where it's easy to, to fail out of or something. But it's enough that you do start building building your muscles back up and it does 
mostly it creates creates discipline. That's what I'm obsessed with right now. Is uh, and I think that's what you know. That's how I had uh, how I made it through the training and stuff was um, the idea of challenging yourself. And when you when you have all those inner voices that are telling you to quit or you know all that failure, overcoming that that's actually really interesting to me. Is uh, hearing those voices and kind of observing yourself as you you know as you go through it and what your mindset does so that's why i'm trying to get back into shape and just but this time i'm kind of paying more attention to the psychology of it you know what is happening why why do i feel like this and what's keeping me going right now mm-hmm. and it'd be kind of interesting i don't know i feel like it'd be i might try to keep a log of it and write it down because i don't know it's interesting it doesn't have to go anywhere or give me any kind of profit or even benefit anyone else necessarily. I just find it interesting. And I think usually when you do that, it ends up being interesting to other people too. So yeah, for sure. I hit record a while back. So oh, yeah, we're, no we're just rolling. And, uh, yeah. but I was trying to think of a grand theme, not that we need a grand theme cause I can go any direction here, but, uh, just a few of the topics that we've discussed at length again, uh, yeah. efficiency. Um, we've talked about optimization but also just again you mentioned on the military side of things or through the training just the challenge like what are you made of and at what point will you quit what point do you want to quit and how far will you go yeah and then just the the insane desire to learn you you've got that uh, on a crazy level yeah i suppose that yeah that's probably a accurate perspective um for me it's more just i've always been inquisitive yeah and it's what's cool is i see that in my kids too they just uh they ask why, and I feel like it's um, you know, as I've been aware of it, I guess I'm. I realize a lot of people don't ask why or don't care, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of like, that's just a part of my personality, I guess, is asking why, and I can't help it. You know, it's, I, I you know, it's always been that way. I guess in the army, that was really hard to reconcile. As they tell you, oh, it's just how you do it. This is how we've always done it, and. You ask why and, you know, never mind why, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So you have to go look look for it on your own. But I think with going to school and studying engineering, they they tell you the what. you some of, Sometimes you still have to figure out the why. But what's different is now when I read stuff on Google, I actually can understand it a little bit. Before, if I wanted to look up, say, you know, electromagnetism, you try to, try to read that without any kind of physics background or any math outside of high school you get lost after one sentence because mm-hmm. you have to look up every third word you see and then that doesn't make sense either and so i would say the education helps at least understand that's what i tell people at work is the difference between me and you is i know what to type into google yeah <laughs> i still don't know what i'm working on i don't know what's broke but right i <laughs> i spent a lot of time learning what to type in and i guess i can decipher it usually yeah it's not always the fastest way but it's uh for me to learn it's not even in school it wasn't always the fastest either a lot of my classmates would beginning a semester they'd you know they'd be flying past me in terms of getting the right answers or getting stuff done because for me i can't memorize stuff it it just all blends together and it just how do you filter it even like Talking about physics and Newton's laws, which one's the first one, which one's the second one? It doesn't matter as mm-hmm. long as you understand what's happening there. Right. So like inertia, I think that's the second law, but I'm, you know, people listening will probably cringe if I, that's, that's, but 
you know yeah the fact is if you understand that something that's you're not putting any influence on it something's going to maintain whatever it's currently doing so yeah i'm curious about something in a lot of things i do in life and maybe this is super normal i compartmentalize it meaning i have my understanding of the world and of life and of family and of real estate and of physics and whatever else it's all got these little brackets and within those brackets i build little brackets of this is what i know these are areas that i don't know uh and obviously there's a ton that you don't know at all but anyways that's how i compartment i have it all in compartments or like i look at it on like a graph section like i know this and i'm missing this and whatever else to me, it's so cool when you learn something that is just outside of all of those yeah. graphs. You know what I mean? Like, it's just mind-blowing. No, you didn't know anything about it. I feel like, is that what you're saying? The learning yeah. the new things kind of things? Yeah. it's um, I've had classes like that or even just uh, even just things that work. Like, for me, the best days at work, it's, you know, like solving a problem or fixing something. You know, there's a little bit of satisfaction that comes with that, but it's fleeting. You know, it's uh, as soon as you do that, there's a little bit of relief. Like, okay, that's done. 30 seconds later, okay, I still have this to-do list that's 80 miles long, so who cares about that thing? I got I got more stuff to do. But when when you have something, when you learn an entirely new concept, like, you know, you, you learn a new process or you understand something that you didn't before, that, that's a really good day for me. And I think part of it is just, uh, you know, I guess I'm an information junkie, but really it's... Uh, because you can use that information to tie a lot of other loose ends up. Yeah. And yeah, to try to use an example, I took a class when I was at tech, I took a a class on chaos theory. I wanted to get a math minor and it turns out you only needed two more classes to do it. So I decided engineers do a lot of math. I might as well try to be good at it. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'm good at it, but I've always enjoyed it and I have somewhat of an aptitude for it. I guess I did well. Mm-hmm. But chaos theory is, uh, I don't know, it's even from a layman's perspective is actually quite interesting. You have something that seems intuitive. Like take a pendulum. You hang a pendulum and you hang a second pendulum off the off the weight on the end of it. If you hold that at arms, hold it straight out and let go, You, you after the first swing, you can't predict what's going to happen with that. Hmm. And they've, they've tested it. You take two... Uh, well, as identical as you can make them, two pendula, pendula is that what? Two yeah. pendulums. I don't care. Right. And uh, hold them out and let them go at the same time. And after one swing, they're doing something completely different from each other. Huh. And no matter how many times you repeat it, it's unpredictable. But the math actually allows for that. That's the weird part. It's I'm not I'm not a expert in nonlinear dynamics. That's the well, you know, that's what that falls under mathematically speaking but yeah it's uh it actually came about with weather patterns so weather you know we always uh we always give the meteorologists a hard time the only job you can be wrong 100 percent of the time and still keep your job but yeah the fact is you have uh you have a ton of variables and you have a bunch of equations that can define them you know in terms of the physics that drives them but they're all interacting with each other you know you have humidity and air pressure and temperature and all these different metrics they're all interacting so you can predict the weather fairly accurately a minute out an hour out but once you get out to i think usually it goes up to five days because after that you might as well flip a coin at that point mm-hmm. and that's where you go into this whole butterfly effect thing well you've heard that theory right? sure yeah uh 
basically what that is, uh, they call it sensitive dependence on initial conditions. And what that means in English, I guess, is uh, a small change now compounded over a period of time can have drastic uh, differences. And because of the nature of uh, what's happening there, you can't actually predict what that's going to be. So Right, right. Um, <clears throat> so clearly, and, and even through this initial conversation, you can see uh, a pretty big desire to learn and just interested in all these topics. But do you, <clears throat> in, in a bit here, if you don't mind, I, I wouldn't mind getting into some of your military history, but yeah. do you compartmentalize your life and knowledge the same way? or how? I don't know if I'm describing that quite right, but in my head, I picture like a hierarchy of yeah. big arching things that work down to this and different areas that I know and whatever else. But I guess I'm trying to. I think... I think that's something I'm I'm working on now. I think naturally it's more well, if you look at my work workspace, any if it's at home or at work, there's piles of paper. There's uh there's eight million browser tabs open. I work on an idea, and then if I have another one, I gotta really quick look it up and then but when I look it up, you know, it takes a while to find something. So you open the first five Google pay, Google uh, search items and you start reading through until you have a satisfactory answer, but you don't necessarily close the other ones because they might be interesting to read later. And mm -hmm. So every project I'm working on, I, it's easy to get sidetracked or you go to get more information, then it gets the other one gets left on hold. And that's always been, I've always had a lot of clutter. So I'm trying to work on, trying to figure out how to mitigate that because it's, uh, you know, I jump around a lot, but yeah. So I'm, I'm, I guess going to this hierarchy, whatever, I'm trying to create something more like a, a mind map or whatever, just a, a way to, I feel like if I can organize my mental processes, it'll be easier to organize my physical world. Sure. And maybe you can make the argument that the opposite is true, but I haven't had any success doing that. Okay. If I clean my desk up tomorrow, it's going to look the same. Right. And, uh, you know, I still try to periodically go through and clean up my directories and just... Yeah, get rid of stuff. If it's important, I can look it up later, whatever. And mm -hmm. and uh, so a lot of stuff takes takes a while. It's cyclic, but I think I'm trying to create a few different abstractions for under for categorizing stuff. And yeah, going with what you mentioned earlier, um, stuff you don't know. That's the that's the interesting part. The rest of it kind of gets just shoved in the archives and forgotten. It's mostly what I where I'm going is what I'm interested in. So. Mm -hmm. And, and hierarchy might not be the perfect word because right. uh, it's not a, a ranking, but it's some kind of a graph system, whatever it is. But yeah, once you, it's so cool. Once you learn a monumental or, or maybe it's tiny, but it's super interesting to you thing that's way outside of anything that you've previously known. It's, it's just crazy how cool that is. Yeah. Well, I think one of my strengths has always been, and it's a strength to me. Other people might get annoyed by it. I guess I don't, I don't know, but I, I use analogies for everything. Yeah, and I think that um, that helps a lot. If I can learn something that's completely unrelated to what I'm working on, like I see analogs between a control system for anything. Look, talking about like uh, you know controlling flow through a pipe or something, and uh, then you then you look at something entirely different, like psychology or the way you interact to the world. That's another control system. Hmm. I can see analogs there now. I can't do anything useful yet. I don't know the mathematics. I maybe that's something I could figure out. I'm actually interested in controls. That's a whole nother topic, but um, I like I like drawing parallels with stuff, and that's actually how I un learned. Uh, well, take inductors. That's something that's very 
one of the basic components of a electrical system and it's pretty much it's a coil of wire it creates a magnetic field as you go through it and what it does is it uh it's inertia you have current current can't change instantly through an inductor it's got to mm -hmm. build up so an analog is a flywheel on a car it's got a bunch of mass so it takes a little bit of energy to get it going but once it gets going it takes it takes a while to stop it too or think about a water wheel in a river it's be the same kind of thing mm -hmm. you're not going to get that thing up to full velocity until it's had some energy put into it but you can't make it stop either by damming it off it's going to take a little while an inductor does the same thing with electric current and there's another analog is a sauna stove you know you have rocks in there so you're taking that heat energy and you're storing it thermal mass you know mm -hmm. the, the heavier the more thermal mass you have the more heat you can retain right and uh, to me, that stuff's fascinating. That's kind of what you're doing as an engineer is using using inertia to get work done, right? So, mm -hmm. but use use a lot of analogies. You're saying uh, across things that people traditionally won't even realize are connected, like psychology to engineering to this to that. Yeah, and I don't know if that's just a part of my personality or what. That's kind of how I always had to learn things. Um, like the inductor that's there's all these different uh methods you can use to remember you know does current does current leg voltage or the other way around mm -hmm. so i have to actually picture what it's doing and i have to create an analog for it i can't just uh memorize a bunch of stuff because it doesn't to me that doesn't have meaning it's just words sure so i have to create a picture and in power electronics class i'm going to try to stop using tons of electrical engineering references it's just these are the ones that come to my mind first, but you have a, a converter that stores energy. And I realize that it's the same thing as the cars your kids play with that you pull back right. and let go of. You basically charge up an inductor in reverse. I think this one's a flyback converter. I don't do power electronics at work or anything, so I forget. But while well, you, you close a switch and you let it all go, it's just like letting that car go. And then that stored energy and that spring drives it forwards. Sure. And, uh, but that's, for me, that, that's what makes it easy. Once you can create some kind of model, now you actually, you have a little bit more of an understanding. And some of it's not accurate. If you actually go into the physics of it, you, you're, it's an abstraction. That's not really what's happening, especially if you go, if you start going into the, the quantum stuff, whatever, you know, even the physicists are a little baffled in uh, mm -hmm. with some of that. So. Right, right. Well, no, I think we could go on like this for quite a while, and we probably oh, yeah. will later. Uh, but let's. You mentioned the pushing yourself physically, yeah. And, and what are you made of? And we've had conversations of when it truly comes down to it, when everything's on the line, and you have to do something. At what point? At what are you made of? Do you have quit in you? Whatever else is that? What pushed you to get into the military? It was actually a book I read. Um, it's called Secret Commandos. It was about the about uh, Mac V Sog in Vietnam, the, the origins of special forces and just reading about the training and the, the work they're going into. Uh, I was, I was fascinated by that. And I think just the whole idea of, and I guess growing up finish and working in the woods and everything like that, you, you get used to physical toughness is a, a trait to be, um, to strive for. Yeah lugging a chainsaw around all day it helps to helps to have some kind of strength right and um 
I think when you start realizing how good it feels to actually start getting into shape and how fun it is to challenge yourself. I've never been overly competitive um, when it comes to, into, you know, sports or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I'm competitive with myself and I like to, see, I like improving. I guess maybe that's where the trying to be efficient or whatever, fix things. Maybe that's all I like to, I'm a mechanic by nature, I suppose. I like to try to fix stuff, mm-hmm. but it's, um, and same is true with, for myself. So seeing if I can, uh, what, what does it take to break down? And that's what you realize is your, your mind will quit long before your body will. Yeah. And you know, you, that's a, that's a rabbit hole right there. But right. when you, for me, I was driven to, I only had one goal. I want. I want to. I wanted to be special forces, and that was. Uh, I didn't have a plan B. I think that was probably one of the best. One of the things that worked in my favor. I ha- saw a lot of people who had a plan B who used plan B because, for whatever reason. Right. And there's nowhere else I wanted to go. Yeah. So I. I didn't. Ha- failure wasn't really an option. I guess in my mind. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is when someone else tells me I can't do something, it's. Uh, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I can be manipulated too easily because yeah. if someone tells me I can't, that's fuel to my fire is, yeah, I can. Yeah. I'm curious. Uh, I'm just trying to set the stage to enter this conversation is there are people that, you, I mean, you went into the army, you were a green beret, special forces, right? Uh, there's people that would use that and, and really boast about themselves. And I picture you to be on the flip side where you grow up in this area. Humility is the core of life, right? So you're going to do the reverse. You're not going to talk about it much. You're not going to want the spotlight. But as we get into it, if you don't mind, can you lean in on what some of the real and the raw things you went through as far as that process goes, knowing that it's not you trying to brag, but it's just me interested and and, and where that took you? Yeah. Well, and actually going with what you said is uh, the whole... One of the the motto is quiet professionals. That was the thing with my unit is uh, you're not supposed to brag about it. It's the thing is uh, you have a job and it's not really supposed to be publicized. How oftentimes what you do. So it's uh, that's I worked with some of the best people and that's actually one of the hardest things about being a civilian is you don't get to work with the same caliber of people anymore. Right. And I you realize how rare that is when you have guys. You know, I had a team these guys were uh, a lot of senior guys in our battalion and um it's just awesome working with people who if you tell them to do something there's no we can't do that or there's no it's impossible mm-hmm. they'll figure something out it's and uh it's like a, maybe i'm trying to in some ways keep that alive somehow recreate that and it's you know so that's why through school you push yourself a little extra hard, and that's why I'm trying to get back into shape. I suppose I, you kind of crave that that uh, can do attitude, right? And to the extreme, so that was really. Uh, I think reading about that initially, that's what drew me as well. Is I like the uh, I like the idea of nothing's impossible. Mm-hmm. Even if you know it's impossible, you're you're still gonna try to find some way to get somewhat close to that. Yeah, and. Uh, so even doing yeah physically working on very little sleep and very little food and just constantly being you know being forced to carry a heavy rucksack or whatever and 
being, yeah, people trying to make you quit and trying to see you, trying to make you succumb to your, whatever your inner voice that's telling you to, to fail or to quit. Mm -hmm. I think that, uh, I get shows you what you're made out of, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And we, I would be pumped to go in depth and we can go as in depth as you want or as surface level as you want and move on. Um, but thinking about some of the, the mindsets and actually don't let me forget you, you, you mentioned how it's hard to get away from, uh, I mean, you, you miss working with that top mm -hmm. tier kind of a person. So I want to address that later. I want to ask yeah. you about something, but, um, thinking back about the psychology, that side of things, you said you had no plan B. I feel like you've told me or I've heard before, like that's what it takes to quit, right? Like in your head, you will either die or make it through kind of thing. Or what, how does that play out? Yeah. Uh, maybe it wasn't quite that extreme, but I think it was, uh, I think that came more into play when I, when you have someone, uh, a particularly tough instructor who's, uh, you know, r really putting you through the ringer and making you, uh, <clears throat> you know, you haven't slept in two, two or three days. I don't know. Or maybe caught a little, little snatch of sleep here or there, but, <clears throat> he's uh it's middle of the night and you're out in the woods and you're not a hundred percent sure where you are and you've just you're kind of droning there's not very good illum so your night vision is uh real snowy looking and you you know your your brain is just kind of it's elsewhere you're just kind of droning and uh all, all of a sudden for whatever reason you as a group you did something wrong so now now all of a sudden the enemy saw you. Now you're running. Now this guy's down. You got to carry him. Mm -hmm. So you have an extra guy on your back on top of your rucksack, and someone else got to take his rucksack. And you just you're running through the woods and stuff, and it's just days and weeks of that. It all kind of blurs together, and it's just just sheer misery. But what's funny is uh, you start to kind of that becomes its own source of enjoyment, I guess, you know, yeah, kind of a weird way, but I, I guess it's kind of like you picture, picture any contest. Like, let's say obviously up here, a, taking steam is a good, is a good one, right? Mm -hmm. So sitting in a sauna when it's too hot and you want to get down, but for whatever reason you end up in a contest with somebody. So you, there's still some enjoyment in it, even though it's, it's abject misery, right? Right. Yeah. It's. I think it's probably a, probably the same way there. Just anytime you get a chance to challenge yourself, and you played sports, right? Mm -hmm. It's probably the same thing when you're when you're physically tired out or when you're under pressure with a game or whatever, <clears throat> and you're, uh, you know, and you're flagging. Just uh, being able to overcome that, and um, you know, sometimes the suffering itself is it's is a reward enough, right? It's just yeah. Wow, I I can do. I made it through that. So yeah, for sure. Maybe a little bit applicable in sports, but I think more applicable in what you did or also in like endurance type stuff. So if in, in a yeah. hunting world, if you're doing endurance stuff there, um, yeah, I'd say that's probably more where I'd feel any of that compared to a sports world. For sure. It's there. Like you're yeah. pushing past it, but well, you said um, you like to go hunting in the mountains and stuff, right? right? So that's exactly the same thing as far as, yeah, you're walking up and down mountains all day for, what, several days or weeks, right? Mm -hmm. Several days in a row, yeah. Not necessarily yeah. mountains, but it's as steep as mountains. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, put on a lot of miles, whatever else. And a lot of people can do it, but it's still enough where there it's the type two fun where it's not always that enjoyable, but it's just the act of doing it and the fact that yeah. you're pushing through it is what you're 
what you're enjoying about it. Yeah. Or there's times where you're like, man, that was no fun, but at the, and, and I'm never doing this again. Not necessarily that far, but as soon as you hop in the car, 10 minutes down the road, I just talked about this morning is like, I can't wait to get back there and do that again. You know? Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a, it's a different style of thing, but yeah, you're, uh, was that pretty from a confidence standpoint? Was that a huge confidence booster going into that thinking that you could make it through that? And then you make it through the um, toughest training out there basically. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's, uh, it does help your confidence for sure because you realize that I don't know if you can necessarily say that you can do something that nobody else or that a lot of other people can't. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true. I think it's just the fact that you were willing to, that you, that you, just knowing that you have uh that you have a certain level of gumption that, right. That you can, uh, I, I think for, and it's probably different for everybody, to be honest, you know, maybe that's just my personality, but I like, uh, I like knowing that I can do more than I suspected, I guess. Mm -hmm. Cause I guess you start to realize your own potential is even a, maybe it's out of the grasp of what you even understand it right now. So knowing that you can do stuff that you still haven't yet conceived of is kind of, it gives you hope, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You said you've enjoyed the, uh, and that's what part of that was, was seeing what you're made of, but, and I guess I could take this so many directions, but, and you had, I had, I had talked about, I've never been in a situation like you've been in to really know what are you made of? I mean, you get to test yourself a little bit yourself. You're going on hikes, you're doing these hunts, you football practice, how hard do you push? But I feel like I've no, no, never came anywhere close to experience what you, you've experienced and say, if everything's on the line, what are you made of? And will, do you have a quit in you? And I, there's a part of me that really craves that experience. And yeah. you've talked about that. Maybe you could recreate that. I, I could try. And w one thing is we all have quit in us. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, some guys might not admit it, but everybody's got that nagging voice in the back. I mean, it's it's natural, right? Hey, this hurts. We should stop doing it. Mm -hmm. And you take it to the extreme. If, if you're uh, hitting yourself with a hammer, everything in you is going to want you to stop because it's not fun. So right. now you take it, put heavy weight on and don't sleep and stuff. It hurts. You don't want to do it. So you have a, there's a lot of, uh, you have a lot of quit in you. Yeah. But being able to overcome that, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't even know what you call that. Is that a, is it just sheer stubbornness? Is it just being, uh, being obstinate? I don't know, but it's, I think that's, I think for me, that's actually probably what was most fascinating about it is the fact that you have that quit in you, but you still somehow were able, able to overcome it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, as far as, uh, if that's something you want to try, it's, I'm always looking to do it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, I it's right. It's easy to be confident sitting sitting in a nice chair and stuff right now, right? Right. As soon as you get out there and start sweating a little bit, and yeah, it starts to hurt. You know, you're you kind of wish you didn't open your big mouth, but yeah. But no, I I I'd be. Yeah, I I have some ideas of things that are miserable. So yeah, well, no, <laughs> I, I'm gonna try to create this as thinking about the fact that. It's one thing for me to go out for a walk, yeah. like I'm saying, by myself. If I'm going to go out for a walk, how far can I go or what can I do? And there's nothing on the line. There's nobody that I'm answering to. And maybe that's what you should say, that what are you made of when nobody's watching? But I want to know how I'd react when there is somebody watching and there is a test, there is a goal, there is a something bigger out there versus just me trying to get in shape or something like that. Yeah. Uh, or, I mean, be like a uh, the training that you went through. There's 
it's more than just what are you made of it's will you buckle down to the requirements that you have at, at yeah. in front of you you know what i mean yeah uh so that's part of what i'm craving but you you mentioned maybe if you ever went to work for yourself maybe that could be part of it like three weekends a year you put on a boot camp or something like that something like that or we could uh <clears throat> you know i've been trying to run a little bit again because uh, i've always hated running yeah and the army makes you decent at running you don't have a choice and to be honest i'm pretty sure my recruiters probably thought you know, how's this clown ever going to be special forces when they watch my pt test mm-hmm. uh i shouldn't even admit what my run time was the two mile run it was the first time i had ever run two miles in my life yeah i think i ran a mile like whatever every year in elementary school we had to run a mile or something like that and, mm-hmm. and that was it i didn't run after that because why would you run? They, they make cars for a reason kind of thing, right? Right. But um, I think I got 18 minutes on the two mile. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I mean, whatever. I can do better than 18 minutes now. So mm-hmm. you got to might as well fess up where you started from, right? And I actually I actually st- walked at one point. Yeah. I, I was, we were in the tech gym. So I do, I think it was 16 laps around there and just monotonous. And it was, uh, yeah, I was horrible at running i even stopped and got a drink out of the fountain at one point it was just yeah. <laughs> it's pr- probably the most embarrassing uh performance i've ever given at anything right but yeah. <laughs> from that uh you know you get you get accustomed to running five miles or longer and i guess i've always always been able to do well enough on running tests since then and now i think that's why what's drawing me to running now is it's uh it's something i naturally despise but you feel good after you get an endorphin rush and even during i don't feel as bad now i still have some conditioning left in me you know with school i wasn't working out very very well i wasn't super responsible that so i'm out of shape Mm -hmm. trying to trying to get back into shape and like you said i don't have anybody else I'm, i'm i'm only accountable to myself now so that's a i would say that's a much bigger obstacle because you don't have somebody telling you to do it right when you're when you're the only one driving yourself to do something, I think that's a bigger challenge. So it might be kind of interesting to see how far can I go this time. Yeah. Will I get? Will I even get close? I don't know. Right. I, I'd like to, but it's also it, it is a little different when you're doing it all day every day too, and that's actually a major part of your job. Yeah. Here now you're trying to squeeze it in between everything else you got going on, but yeah. it's still doable. It's, yeah. It's just another excuse we have to tell ourselves, right? Because it's not fun. And when you make an excuse, now you have a way out. So, yeah. But, you know, we could start running or something like that. Or I have a good one for you right now. Do you know what a burpee is? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if instead of jumping upwards when you do a burpee, you jump forwards. Now do that for a mile. Okay. <laughs> it isn't fun. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't do that by choice. I... The burpee mile was uh, one of my least favorite things I do. I hate burpees. Yeah. It's uh, I guess that's why they're called burpees. They make you feel sick, right? But right. When you, when you have a whole group of you doing it for a mile, I guess I learned quickly, get to the front or try to get in the front 10% because the instructors are going to leave you alone more if you're in the front. Okay. And, you know, you don't, ne- you're not necessarily cheating, but you, uh, when there's less scrutiny on you, it's more, you have, I don't know if you can say it's more relaxing, but you have, it doesn't feel as bad, I guess, when you're, when you're, uh, when 
you don't have somebody breathing down your neck. So yeah, and then you, I guess then you can then you're competing with the best in the group, and even if you're not at the same level as them, which I never was, if you're competing with them, at least you somehow they drag you along farther than you would have gone on your own. So yeah. No, there's uh that makes me think of I don't remember who it was. I listened to a guy I think on the Tim Ferriss podcast or something like that where in his business I think they have it either the the higher ups or them themselves the owners once or twice a year they do something that's extreme that's outrageous that they truly believe going into it there's a fifty fifty shot that I finish this or not I like, like that. something crazy like I think one of them the guy was he had to swim move a rock on the bottom of this canal for like. 700 meters or some stupid thing you know like he'd have to swim down move the rock 10 meters swim up go back whatever things where he's like 100 percent in his heart he's like i equally as likely to not finish this as i am to finish it and then usually you finish it and that can be a a, a rewarding thing from the pushing yourself mindset and all that kind of stuff but i'm a huge fan of that idea that's yeah that's that i guess that kind of that's kind of the essence of what well, you know what we were talking about is uh it's just another, I guess you look at it, it's another challenge, right? Everything you do is just another challenge. And uh, I always, I've never ran a marathon. I'd like to do it, but I don't like organized events. And I don't like, I, I hate, I know this is kind of weird probably to most people, but I don't like when people cheer me on. Sure. I don't, I don't, I don't like when people give me encouragement. Like you can do it, whatever. you know, that's not helpful to me. I, I, I need to prove it to myself. I don't need someone else to do it. It's a. Uh, you know that's not part of it for me for me it's a it's a it's a personal a personal challenge so that's why i would never run in a sponsored marathon or like an actual i'd like to just do it you know maybe with a few people just uh just run for a long time yeah. be mostly because i want to <laughs> see what is a what is your where do your thoughts go especially if you're not a runner by nature mm -hmm. if it's not something you do all the time you you obviously you're going to expect to do some training for a marathon. You're not just going to go from a couch to a marathon. No, people do it. Right. I don't know if I'm one of those people or not. I, I'll probably twist my ankle a hundred yards in and whatever. I mean, yeah, that's another excuse. Right. But yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm not really interested in trying that. I'd like to train up a little bit and make sure I build up my, try to build up my bone mass and my, you know, build up my supporting muscles so I don't hurt myself. Yeah. But I'd like to do that just to see something where you're running for a few hours mm -hmm. because I've never seen what my, what my mind does. I've seen it when wearing a rucksack or doing other things, but just running, I hate running. Mm -hmm. So what's it like to run for a long time or what, what does it sound like when your brain really wants you to quit something you hate doing? How do you talk yourself into keep doing it? So, yeah, that's the big draw for me. Yeah, but it, I'm curious. Do you think there's more growth in? And I don't know that you need to quantify what's higher than the other, but like, what's the relationship between that kind of a challenge where it's just you personally versus that setting where it's extreme, but you have people telling you to do it? I'm saying from a growth standpoint, from a challenge standpoint, what's more beneficial? Like, how? What's that relationship like? Well, I think that's really comes down to personality. You know, when you have someone who's more likes to do things socially they probably get a different kind of uh you know they get something out of that the group aspect of it that they need it's for whatever reason that's not something that i require or want at least not in that you know at least not when i'm doing something physical for me what's more important is to see what i can do mm -hmm. and 
without people, seeing what I can do with just just the means I have available without anybody else helping me. Right. And and even take it a step further with someone else trying to hinder me. You know, not like not saying I want somebody to try to push against me when I'm running a marathon or something, but right. it's uh I, I don't know. I think I think it's just everybody's gonna get what they want to get out of it. Sure. And for me, a lot of it is just kind of strictly out of curiosity. Yeah. What's it like? Right. Um, one of my things that I've been pumped about and talking about is through hiking, like hiking the Appalachian Trail or Pacific Crest Trail or something mm-hmm. like that. So I, I play this mind game in my head that like I might not even go hiking today. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to go hike five miles or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I believe in my heart I could go hike 2,600 miles tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what? Is, I, I don't know if that's just in your head or whatever else. But anyways, there's something about that structured thing where it's, or, or again, being in a system where there's a, a, a truly clearly defined goal or somebody telling you what to do. And that's what I'm really curious about is that. Yeah. That setting in that space of having something defined of w- reaching that quitting point and, and do you have what it takes beyond uh you know, you, we've mentioned things like turn the shower on cold and at what point do you quit yeah. stuff like that? That's just own internal. But I'm curious about more of a structured thing because I, I, I've never really had that beyond a Well, that's easy. All, all you have to do is start issuing each other challenges, right? Sure. So, yeah, there we go. Yeah. We, we just, uh, and we don't have to challenge each other as much as so we just find something that sounds terrible and just try it. Yeah. Kind of like that, you know, I'll, I'll be honest that pushing a rock into the bottom of the lake I'm not very good at swimming, so that sounds scary. Right. But that—that's something I've been trying to do—is do scary stuff. Oh, let's be honest. Like, okay, I'm gonna. This will all come back in a minute. But sure. I want to di- change tack here a little yeah, bit. Yeah, go so, as far as you want. I want to ask you a question. What's you know? I know you had mentioned uh, this podcast is interesting, and so your, your your reasons for doing it is you like to see what makes people tick, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh that's kind of uh you know. Could you elaborate on that a little bit with? Yeah, for sure. Just to make people see what makes people tick. Uh, And then also a lot of it is internal. I'm very, a lot of people are probably this way, but I'm, I'm very internal. I've always been that way. Yeah. Uh, And so by being able to sit down and ask you or ask anybody what makes you tick, I learn about myself through that way. Uh, Because either I'm the way you are and you have something that I wouldn't have thought of, or I'm clearly different than you. And that helps me learn about myself as well. Yeah. Yeah. there's other reasons as well, but that's probably the core of it. Yeah. Uh, so you're, it's kind of like a, it's a science experiment of sorts that you're basically comparing and contrasting <clears throat> with other people and yeah, seeing kind of, it's a cause and effect thing, right? Yeah. And there's, there's a, uh, I mean, uh, above that, there's a, uh, the curiosity and the intellectual side of things. I enjoy this because it's totally outside my wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, so I'm learning the software and the hardware and stuff that I don't know nothing about. So I really thrive or I, at least in my head, I thrive whether or not thrive is the right word. I'm really engaged. So that's yeah. the word. Okay. I'm really engaged when I'm learning something like this, but also I really enjoy genuine conversation that I think yeah. doing this is a super, uh, set up way to do that. Shut your phone off. Yeah. have a conversation it's real it's nothing scripted it's yeah so i mean there's so many layers to it that i enjoy but at, at the core of it that's probably what it stems from is just the being internal myself yeah <clears throat> letting other people do the same thing and learning about myself from those conversations yeah okay so then following up on that um if i ask you the question you know why am i here today right a bunch of your answers gonna be different than mine sure let me think about that for a sec right. um 
we've had conversations that are in my head, super interesting. And I think we've got similar, similar intellectual interests, not from, I, I may not be as interested in, uh, electrical engineering, for example, but, yeah. but I'm saying in the, in the, the draw to be curious and the draw to ask why, and then ask why seven more times to the point where you're annoying, uh, <laughs> that uh, I'm the same way. Um, and that I, I guess I really appreciate the way that you approach things, how you're open to just diving into, I, I, I like to think about myself this way. And I think you're the same way that you can go from zero to a hundred in any topic instantly. Like you can dive headfirst into psychology, into this, into this, whatever else. And maybe it's cause you're, you're, I think, I think you're very smart. Maybe that's what it is, but also you just have the ability. You don't have huge defense mechanisms in place where you can't even enter these different zones. Uh, and I think that creates a lot of pretty neat conversations. So that's probably what it comes stems from. Is that what you expected or what were you? Yeah, I guess that's, yeah, I, I guess I was just kind of curious. Um, I would say that's pretty accurate. Uh, for me, it's more important, you know, even if I get into a debate on something, I, I don't generally seek to debate stuff. I don't like arguing mm-hmm. all that much, but for me, it's more important to know what's right than to be right myself. Sure. So if I have a theory, I think most of my theories are stupid when they start off. And I don't care if I'm proven wrong. I don't feel humiliated. I'm just more interested in knowing what's actually right. And I'm sure, you know, at work, I probably say stupid things all the time. It's, uh, you know, it's just kind of when I ask questions, is you know, the whole there's no such thing as a stupid question. Uh, there, I think there is, and I think I probably ask most of them too. Yeah. But yeah. it's a it's a starting point, and it doesn't really bother me to be wrong. Right. It's just uh, you got to start off wrong. You don't know everything, and you never will. So mm-hmm. just trying to trying to learn a little more. Yeah. Just give it a shot, and yeah, you'll look stupid, but who cares? Yeah. It's and uh, but so going on to um, why I'm here, from my perspective. The reason I'm here is because, well, you know, we're Finns. We're most of us are introvert. I'm I'm actually an introvert. I'm I don't have a problem talking with people, but I guess that's not. Well, that's a whole. You know, I think I, we've talked about the Myers Briggs test. I'm an INTP, mm-hmm. and that's probably a lot of that is clear to anybody who studies that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm inquisitive. I I like to get to the bottom of things and. I may not be the best at understanding emotion. I'm actually probably one of the worst personality types at understanding emotions. Mm-hmm. You Basically, when other people are stressed out, it's hard to figure out why. I can't really tell what people are feeling, so the best thing to do is avoid that altogether. Solve the problem, you know, figure it out with logic and then avoid it. It's, right. <laughs> emotions, I have to process them on my own. That's not a, That's not a social thing, and that's, you know, it took a... You know, reading, it was interesting for me to read up on it. You know, you learn a lot about yourself just by doing that. And even the test, I was skeptical. I don't, I always resented being categorized that easily by a a short thing, but this thing has been spot on. Yeah. And, uh, but so why am I here is I'm introverted. I don't like, uh, I don't like speaking in public. A lot of people don't, I guess, but I don't like, uh, yeah, I don't like attention. So you know, being on something that could be recorded that other people can, can hear how, how silly you sound or how many, this is here forever. A conversation can be forgotten. Right. And the conversation you and I have is different from the conversation me and any other person has. For sure. So now when you're sharing, I guess what 
maybe you could argue are intimate details about yourself with the whole world potentially. That's kind of daunting, right? Mm-hmm. So what do I have to gain from it? It doesn't matter. The fact is that it's scary. And uh, that's another challenge, right? Is that, can I, is that something I can do? Can I, and honestly, that's, that's probably the, one of the biggest draws. And the other thing is too, yeah, like you said, talking before, I think we do have a lot of the same interests. So it's interesting. And the only difference is we happen to have a microphone in front of us, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I look at it as it's, an, it's kind of a challenge in uh social interaction maybe i don't know it's out of my comfort zone so yeah that's why I'm, that's why i want to do it is uh any, anytime i get comfortable i get i get antsy and i gotta try something new so yeah yeah and it doesn't really bother me thinking about all the people who are going to listen and say what an idiot you know yeah so what they probably already thought that anyway so yeah <laughs> no i don't think people will give that reaction you're a super intelligent guy and it's super clear listening to it right away listening to you speak because you can make these lateral jumps to this zone, to that zone, whatever else. But, um, yeah, I didn't realize that going into this, there's a lot of things that I've learned that I didn't realize going into this whole project. Uh, it's, it's been so fun, but <clears throat> I've had people say they're nervous coming into this. And I'm thinking to myself, at first I was like nervous. What for, you know, but then you start thinking about it. You're like, okay, yeah, I see it. I mean, who knows what I'm going to ask you. Uh, who knows what we're going to talk about, which I don't, yeah. maybe that may not be nervous to you, but, uh, no, some no, that's actually the, that, to me, that's more interesting. If, if I had a list of everything we're going to talk about, I wouldn't be interested at all. Right. Uh, no, me neither. I, I've had people say, Hey, shouldn't you come up with questions to me? It's just not even, it's, what are we yeah. listening to then? If, yeah. if, if you have a real genuine conversation and it is an actual true spontaneous thing, it's so engaging in my opinion compared yeah. to let me read you this next question and see what you yeah. have to say about it. Well, even like a job interview, right? It's a, uh, I don't know how you feel about job interviews. To me, I enjoy them. Yeah, same. It's a, uh, it's a chance for you. Yeah, I, th- I think they go about it wrong. Uh, you know, I guess maybe this is me calling out every college in the world, but I honestly believe they go about it wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, interviewing is the most stressful thing you're ever going to do in your life. You're selling yourself. You're competing with everyone else here. Uh, that's one perspective, but my argument is, you're the asset here. The companies are competing for you. Right. And you're going to dedicate all of your time to one place. So this interview is a chance for you to go see, is this the, do they have the right culture? Is this the environment you want to work in? Right. Um, is this the kind of work you want to do? Mm-hmm. It's a chance for you to learn as much as you want. So, I, you know, I like to, I usually have a, at least a few questions in an interview. It's, to me, they're interesting. And it's like, I get a little bit of, I get kind of energized from them, I guess, because it's uh, you learn a lot more in an interview than you are gonna on their website or something. For sure, yeah. You get to see kind of day to day stuff. So, I that's what I I don't get that whole people get so nervous about interviews and you, you know seeing um, seeing people pacing around and stress out about it. And it's I wonder how much of that are people doing it to themselves and how much of it is all this hype that that the you know, career fair puts on people or all this stuff. Sure. I don't think it's necessary. It's just, would you feel the same way if you just went randomly asked somebody, Hey, do you need a hand this weekend or whatever? Right. No. Why should it be any different for a job? Right. Right. And I think part of that is we just, we've created this whole culture for, for whatever reason, it was probably useful at some point, but yeah, it's uh, I think we're going about it wrong. Just 
you just, you just go talk to somebody and see, mm-hmm. hey, does it seem does it seem like it'll work out? Yeah, let's give it a shot. Right. So. Yeah, it's, it's pretty low key. I mean, either you have the knowledge that we're looking for, we're a culture fit that's your that fits your culture. I mean, what else do you need to do? But no, I've always enjoyed interviews. Uh, I'm not maybe not have always been successfully successful in doing so. But in an interview, I like to learn like as at your core, what does your company need the most? Like, what's your yeah. biggest pain point right now? Yeah. To me, that's interesting. Like you're going to hear, oh, we need to increase sales. We need to do this. But really you, what it is, is this some huge thing that this is what the pain point is and this is what we need to fix, which yeah. isn't usually at all what they even brought you in there for. Yeah. I don't know. That to me has always been super yeah. interesting. Yeah. Like how useful am I going to be to you? Right. It's right. Cause that's what you're, you're trying to be an asset. So right. it's a, uh, yeah. How, how much of an asset can I be? You, you want me to solve problem A, but can I also solve this? Yeah, like you said, this bigger thing. Because mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes, I think if you if you uh, apply a little bit to it, you can usually figure out something. Right, right. The um, yeah. So, the, but this setting again, the unscripted. This is to me is just so engaging and so rewarding and so so yeah. fun for sure. But I wanted to realize that people would have had nerves coming into it. But yeah, I guess you're putting yourself out there. Yeah, I think that's what. The fact that it's recorded is probably the only reason. Yeah. In my mind. No, I've never... Well, here we go. Confession time. I actually, until until your podcast was shared with me, I actually didn't... I had never listened to a podcast before. I didn't even know how. Yeah. It's And yeah, being in a, in a degree... <laughs> being in a career field that's all about technology, that's, that's uh, something I shouldn't admit. But right. I had never really bothered to look. I didn't know, you know how do I get a podcast? I, I just never looked. I just yeah. listen to audio books sometime, but, um, so, you know, I don't have any like preconceived notions about what, how they usually go or anything like that. Right. And, uh, I, you know, I wonder, do other people, have they listened to enough of them that they're, you know, they're kind of, uh, expecting a certain level of being questioned or yeah yeah you know is it something like that yeah or is that kind of stemming from this whole uh interview thing be nervous when people ask you questions sure because we're not i'd say for most people most people aren't nervous when they're someone asks them something in a conversation so why does it have to be any different right but it is when you're being recorded it just feels for me it's just the fact that you're gonna say something dumb mm-hmm. and it's gonna be out there forever right but who cares? Yeah. No, I've had uh, a few people that came in. I think that's part of what it is. A few people came in like, they're like, hey, where's your list of questions? You know, they're expecting yeah. more of a, a formalized thing. And as soon as we're three minutes in, they realize it's just having a conversation. Yeah. That all goes away. So I think that's a lot of probably what it is. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, you never you, you mentioned you never had gotten into the world of podcasts. To me, they're, again, how engaging this is. If you yeah. can find a podcast that fits what your interest is and yeah. they follow it, because some are just scripted, horribly oh, yeah. hard to listen to. Uh, but if you can find a world that you're interested in and they follow it through the same thing, it's it's so fun. It, yeah. It's so it's so entertaining. Yeah. No, I, I believe it. It's I think the fact is I have so many audiobooks queued up on my phone that it's uh once once I finally make my way through all those and I can see see the daylight on the other side, then I'll bring podcasts into the mix probably because yeah it's uh yeah it's just one of those it's just like hey you should read this book okay I'll put it on the I'll put it on the list I don't even know where the bottom of the list is but mm-hmm. it's uh 
Yeah. And, you know, especially with this digital world, with everything accessible right there, it's so hard to, everything just sped up so much, I feel like. Yeah. The, somewhat of a neat part about it is, is uh, a lot of the people that write these books uh, or, or people in, in, in positions that have done some extraordinary things, you typically only get the curated version of them. Yeah. You know, whereas listening to a podcast, you could log on right now, listen to this, whoever it might be, somebody that you look up to that you really appreciated their work. You actually get to get inside of their mind and what do they think? How do they operate? What do they process things with? And you learn a lot about yourself or things that you could apply from these people that have done extraordinary things that you look up to. And it's not always the curated thing. So it's entertaining. And I think you can learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, the process is kind of interesting, right? Because anything you read, even a text message, I, you know, a lot of them, you got to read it again to see, does it make sense or whatever? Mm-hmm. And, uh, everything's edited that you can type or that you can go back and, you know, make changes to. So yeah, seeing something in the raw is a little bit more, it's, yeah, I suppose it is easier to get inside someone's head a little bit when, when it's real time. Right. Right. So coming into this, you had no real con- preconceived notions. Hey, didn't know what to expect necessarily other than maybe just a conversation kind of thing or. Yeah. I mean, yeah, basically I'm just wondering like, you know, what, where are we going to do it at? Yeah. Cause right, it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're just basically going to sit down and talk about stuff for a while. Yeah. The end. That's like kind of just what I do all the time anyway. So yeah, it's uh no, people are just going to, people, instead of overhearing us from a few feet away, are going to be able to overhear whenever they want from anywhere. And, yeah. and they can comment on, you know, <laughs> listen to this knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the crazy part is, is like, how on earth can this conversation to some people, whatever, I'm not trying to say anything, but I'm saying podcasts in general, how can it be engaging? You think about the subject matter or the words written down in a text yeah. form, <clears throat> wouldn't be that interesting, but it's the act of doing what you're doing. Uh, like Jordan Peterson on Joe Rogan's podcast recently talked about like Joe uh, and, and say what you want about Joe. He's got a huge following. Uh, why are you engaging? And and people come up with these different reasons of what it might be, what it is. And it, and he says, Oh, cause you're, cause you're this, this and that. No, it's all because it's just real genuine conversation. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's spontaneous and it's so engaging and, and you know, it is because you can't walk away. I've probably yeah. I've said that three or four times now on this, but it's, it's just something about it. That again, if you put this in word form, yeah, uh, zero people would care about it. Yeah. But being able to tune into a conversation, I think would, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously I'm very, I probably overthink pretty much everything. Okay. And I'm very, I'd say probably too technical with most things. So I, I think a lot of people might not be interested in that aspect of it. Sure. It's uh at least that's that's my perception again i'm not very good at reading people right i'll admit that straight up it's uh so i've I've kind of i never really cared too much about what people think because i'm super bad at judging that and i Mm -hmm. know that so Mm -hmm. why you waste energy on it yeah i i realized in recent years that i i've probably always been a little eccentric but i think i'm becoming more so not really by design (laughs) just uh I just got my own ideas and I'm too busy to like worry about how other people would do it. Yeah. So I just don't care. And I think uh, it's making me a little bit weirder as time goes on, but yeah, I don't think it's in a, it's not in like in a destructive way. It's just, I'm probably, uh, yeah, I guess people listening probably, probably would tune out half of what I say for that reason that it's just, 
I get way too into depth on stuff and people like to talk about, I don't know, different subject matter, I suppose. Yeah. You know what? I think a lot of people talk about things that they don't care about. So what I'm trying to say is I think they'll be more engaged with your conversation than you think they are. And you hear them talking about a lot of things that you don't care about, but they don't care about it either. It's surface stuff. It's stuff the way you get through the conversation. Yeah. That's to me that this, this is in my head, like an antidote to that. Yeah. Like, uh, of, of what, like the weather and politics and stuff. Yeah. uh, You know what I mean? Like a lot of conversation about this stuff and like you're having this heated conversation about the lions. You don't actually care. You're just doing it because you know, the other guy likes the lions as well. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. It's, uh, well, yeah, like the whole break the ice thing, trying to start up a conversation. It's much easier when you just, when it just happens out of the blue, right? It's, yeah. Because otherwise you're trying to think, okay, what, you know, what does he do? How do I, st-? and that's just awkward and uncomfortable. So like, don't even, in my mind, just don't even try. You're just like, you just give a nod. And if you can't get a conversation going, obviously neither of you really wants to for whatever reason. So Right. I wonder if that's what it is. I wonder if you just because of the way you are, you don't have that in you as much to try to say, Hey, let's work. Let's make it through this conversation. So you find ways like it's a learned skill to say, what can I talk about surface level talk? Let's get through this. But you're like, I just don't care. So I don't learn that. And then you hear people doing that repeatedly. And you're like, I must be off because I'm not interested in what they're interested in. But it turns out all of them aren't interested in that. Yeah. I never thought about that. I just, I always just assume that People like stuff that I don't care about. Yeah. And there's obviously um, some truth to that. Oh, yeah. Right. But, but yeah, I guess, yeah, it's, that, that is an interesting theory. Uh, yeah, I'll have to, well, maybe thinking about that, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll observe that down the road. That'll be kind of interesting because, well, that's like, I was, uh, I know people are interested in a lot of my stories. And the thing is, I know I have stories that are interesting. Mm-hmm. The trouble is I'm not the most interesting storyteller. Sure. You know, I'm, I think, uh, I add too much detail and I, th- I try to think about things too much and draw conclusions and stuff it interrupts the flow of a story a little bit. And, yeah. and also I guess I'm really, I'm more concerned that I don't come across as arrogant or mm-hmm. I don't give someone the wrong message. So, I try to make sure I qualify things and I probably overqualify them and I just make it just clunky and boring to listen to for that reason. Right. I don't I don't like uh have any showmanship aspect where I try to make it dramatic or exciting. I just mm-hmm. it's more factual. So what could be a good story just ends up being like a <laughs> I don't know, it sounds more like it was written in a dictionary than on a headline, right? So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I can appreciate that. And that's part of what I alluded to earlier is I don't think it's in your nature to, how do you say it? The experiences you've had, okay, for in the training to get into be a Green Beret, your experiences overseas, you've got a many lifetimes of experiences, some crazy situations that you've been in that would make some unbelievable stories, but your modesty and also your, your desire to not be like, Hey, look at me makes it so those stories don't necessarily come out. Uh, right. Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess like for me, I like I like when stories come up in natural conversation. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, yeah, if people are telling stories and it makes you think of something that happened and you think they're gonna like it, yeah, you just yeah, maybe it's a good time to try it out. And there's usually some aspect of it that people like. Yeah. Now I'm sure 
you know, obviously <clears throat> being the being the person it happened to, I suppose there's definitely value in that when you tell a story. But I think if you were to look at it, the story just for the sake of the story, there's any there's a billion people who could tell it a lot better than I could if they had all the information, right? Mm-hmm. So, but I guess I've never been I've never been a storyteller. I think people I, I've seen people actually just walk away before. Really? So. <laughs> Yeah, people don't don't really always care what you have to say, right? So, yeah. and it doesn't hurt my feelings. It's like, man, I guess the conversation wasn't going well, so right. it's easier for both of us. Like, honestly, I think we should dispense with goodbyes. Like, that's how we should just all these formalities. I would personally be be perfectly okay if uh, when you're done talking, you just walk away. Yeah, I I wouldn't if we just can stop being offended or whatever and having expectations, just. Yeah, when you don't feel like doing something, just don't. Right. And to a point, obviously, if it's, you know, obviously for the world to work and for, like, industry to continue and stuff, you can't just do that all the time. But when it's just interact, when it's just your social life, I don't know, just do whatever. Yeah. And then I, some of my other thoughts on that subject, too, are probably, I'm sure they would rub a lot of people the wrong way, like, probably be considered extreme, like, but... And maybe this is part of being introverted as well i guess with with my specific personality type with uh i don't like displaying emotions in front of people just because it's uncomfortable i don't mm-hmm. so to me like funerals funerals are the most uncomfortable thing in the world it's like i don't i don't like to have strong emotions around people so when other people have it i don't know how to react to it it's just like i don't know it's a uh, to me, it's like a tradition to that gives a certain certain types of people comfort, but gives a lot of discomfort to the other types of people. So, sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people would listening would probably be quite uh, quite upset or you know have strong opinions the other way, and that's fine. I I don't disagree. I just I personally I don't. Know, I think it's a custom that I could do without. Mm-hmm. And same with half the other stuff we do. Anything, uh, anything involving like um, ceremonies or stuff like that. I just, I, I actually, that's something I can't understand. I can't fathom why we do that. Sure. What about in the military? There must have been ceremonies, right? You accomplish this. You hang this hat. You do this. You yeah. get this, right? Did that do anything for you, or, or no? No, actually, that's <clears throat> probably. You know, in all honesty, I would I would say I wasn't the best soldier in the world as far as like you know following the custom and stuff and that you know that's important drill and ceremony and just like military custom and uniformity and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and anyone who knows me knows that's not really part of my personality so there was a little bit of uh you know i I was one of the guys who was always a little bit more on the a little bit more had to be okay you know you can't do that, whatever. Sure. Not to the point where I'm out causing trouble. I wasn't getting into trouble and stuff, but I just, I don't know. It's, I can't think of a logical reason for things. So I just naturally don't really try to do them. Yeah. And if, it, you know, if it makes sense, if I can, if, if there's a reason to do it, I don't object to it. And it's even like, you know, yeah, sometimes I just use my own judgment on stuff. And in the military, you have to kind of, you have to, squash that a little bit you have to just do what you're told Mm -hmm. and sometimes sometimes you got to make up the rules as you go because it's a a lot of stuff you do is the gray area and you know that conjures up images of like 
you know, immoral or un- no, that's not really the case. Gray meaning it's not defined. It's this is a situation that has never been simulated or no one's uh, said what to do. So you have to use your, you know, your moral code. You have to figure out what's ethical because right. the laws of whatever country you're in might actually, you know, be in conflict with your morals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what what's the what's the ethical thing to do? Is is it to break the law or is it to do something immoral because, you know, your morals are kind of defined by where you're from too, in a sense, right? So right. it's, uh, to me, that kind of stuff was uh, maybe a little easier to do just because, you know, you're not, it's not that micromanagement where someone has to tell you everything to do. It's, you just kind of do what you believe to be right based off the information you have. So mm-hmm. I don't even remember what we're talking about. To yeah. be honest. I don't know how we got here. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite sure either, but it's uh it's stuff I enjoy, but let me, you and my, I, I had mentioned, or you had mentioned that you don't enjoy listening to a lot of what people talk about. And I said, maybe it's because they don't either. Um, and, and trying to make it sound like you're not as unusual as you think or unique as you think. But at the same time, you are super unique in the fact that you're probably the only person at the tech game thinking about geometry and and you know what I mean, uh, uh, the, and also the fact that probably the, not at tech. Sure, maybe at tech, right? Yeah, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. It's it's yeah, fair enough. Uh, and also the you've mentioned before, maybe you've mentioned today is uh, you don't care necessarily what people think very much uh, from like a clothes you wear stand a kind kind of standpoint stuff like no, that. I, Most people yeah. do. Yeah, I guess to me, I guess I've. I can't rationalize that. It's a, uh, I don't, you know, style or fashion has never really been uh, something I can wrap my head around because it changes. So it's like, it's not defined. So for some reason, some people, some small group of people comes together and says, this is acceptable and this isn't, but mm-hmm. there's no actual logical reason. So why should I put any effort into trying to understand that? Right. I'm not going to. Yeah. To me, like, I wear pants that are loose because I can, I can uh, go into a variety of positions without them restricting my movement too much, yeah. and they have uh, an extra pocket on the side for my sunglasses. Carpenter jeans are the ones I like the best. I don't use the hammer loop; those things are annoying. They hang up on stuff. Right. But there's a sunglasses pocket, and they have the exact amount of legroom I like. Yeah. <laughs> same, same with everything else. Like, that's that's how I make decisions on what clothes I wear. I right. don't. I don't really use someone else's metrics because you spend a ton of money on stuff that's doesn't make sense to me. So I just, uh, yeah. And and obviously clothing is one small example, but Mm -hmm. I don't really see a lot of sense in the way things are all the time. So I don't, I I just don't bother. Yeah. And I suppose that probably is the definition of eccentric. Sure. But I just, and I'm not super extreme, you know, I don't, I, I don't, uh, think I cause alarm when people see me. No, right. I, I say most of the time I blend in. I just, some of my habits might be a little bit unusual, but. Sure. It's, uh, yeah, so I'm, I, I think that's what it is. It's, I'm eccentric in the sense that I, I can't understand why people do stuff, so I don't bother trying. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> tying it way back to the beginning when you said you somewhat miss working with a top tier type of a guy. Yeah. Could you replace that somehow? Like uh, in a, in a freelance world, you could find people who are like-minded or to I mean, collaborate with or something like that. What would that. I would say that those are the people who are attracted to that unit. You know, it's, um, 
you know, and there's some aspect of, you know, your, your, what you learn kind of uh, creates your personality, but you have that, you look at any professional uh, skill, you know, professional sports, whatever. And we've actually, uh, my team and I actually uh, met with some professional ball players at one point, we were talking to them and it's a uh, baseball mm-hmm. and they, um, they have the same, we realize it's the same thing. It's just a different sport. Right. It's uh, really how you react under pressure. Yeah. That's what, that's, they said that's what differentiates the people from the, you know, from the major leagues with uh, AAA is basically, you know, what happens uh, when you're in a pressure situation. Yeah. And it's the guys who can't, can't quite get over it. that never make it all the way. Right. And I think that's, um, you can find that anywhere. Sure. And you'll see it. It's uh, sometimes the most innocuous places. You'll have somebody, you could have a janitor who's uh, the best janitor in the world because he there's no no spot too tough to get out or whatever. You know, right. it doesn't matter. It's just, it's all about mindset. Yeah. And there's people who have it. It's just, it's hard to find. And even if it's, I think just there's so much noise. There's so much, uh, the news is basically there to cause distress, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh politics they distract us with inflammatory issues and whatever and get us all stressed out all the time and it's uh you have all this noise all this information coming at you all the time and it's you know it's actually kind of difficult sometimes to to perform well under these conditions because what are you actually trying to accomplish right so sometimes just having a goal is all you really need sometime yeah i'm curious about so you enjoy the intellectual pursuits, right. Of, yeah. of just learning new things, um, reversing roles. If you had a, a, a system set up, would you ever enjoy doing a podcast? I'm saying being on my side, doing this here and, and whatever it would be, whatever Avenue you went down. But I'm just, I feel like you enjoy the genuine conversation side of things. I've actually entertained the idea myself, to be honest. Okay. I just, uh, yeah, I, I just got so many other things on my plate right now. I've never really, looked into it too far but i honestly i could see myself enjoying it if i Mm -hmm. you know it's i think the hard part would be not to taint it too much with my perspective but honestly if you have people who are willing to talk and you let them talk i think yeah it's fun seeing how people's minds work I, i you know i think for the very much the same reasons you do is uh that's why when you were first telling me about this podcast i was i was like i like that that's a but then I started listening to it a little bit and I decided, you know what, because you had, you know, you had asked me about doing it, doing this. Right. I decided I don't want to have too much uh, information going in. I just want to fly blind. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think it'll be more genuine that way. And I, I guess I feel like that's the case. So, yeah, no, I think it is. I think this has been, yeah, absolutely. But I, I'm just curious. Uh, I guess I don't really have too many people to talk to that are doing this as well so i don't really have people to bounce ideas off of yeah uh, or know what somebody else would think in the same situation or collaborate with or whatever yeah. so i part of me craves and wants somebody else to do the same thing so i can yeah. learn with them and grow with them and yeah. and also it's it's so rewarding and so enjoyable that i think if people are like-minded that they would really enjoy and thrive in that as well yeah so it's almost like a part of me wants to like unlock it for other people. Like, look at how awesome this is. Like you need yeah. to come do this too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It does seem pretty fun. You know, it's a, basically if you get to talk to people for a job, you know, it's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pretty much, uh, 
yeah what could be better right yeah <laughs> but i think yeah i mean and and i've yeah for i mean like i got to interview kevin luke michigan tech men's basketball coach mm -hmm. uh and for me to sit down for an hour and a half and ask him basketball questions which i've always looked up to him like it wouldn't happen but all of a sudden you're like hey kevin i've got a podcast or i had a, a co-worker yeah. help me out and he's like yeah let's do this like it's so cool and ross kinnanen a friend of mine and friend of yours right who's who's helped me a lot in just guidance and advice through this process yeah if he was to sit down and have an interview with him it would be totally different my right. interview and his interview. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is that what I create, even though I might not be doing a lot of the talking, just from what I'm interested in, I'm going to get a way different interview out of somebody than you will. Well, certainly. So yeah. that I'm saying your podcast, whatever it is, if you did one, it'll be unique to you. And I think yours especially so because of your unique way that your your brain works. Yeah, I think it'd be a... Uh... Yeah, I think there'd be a lot of rabbit holes if I did it. <laughs> yeah, which somebody that thinks that way and enjoys that would be what would be attracted to it. Yeah, there'd be tens of people interested yeah. <laughs> in it. <laughs> well, no, yeah. I, I bet you you would have more people, and I think you'll have people reaching out saying, hey, you should do it. But I, just as a thought experiment, I'm curious what you would think of it and, and well, if you would yeah. enjoy it. I was, I have thought about it a little bit, like I said, and it's uh, it does seem interesting because it is – yeah, I like seeing what makes people tick, especially people who do things I don't do, you know, which is most most people I meet. Like, yeah. You know, I'm actually, you know, like I said, I'm not, I've never been super interested in sports, but I am actually very interested in why other people are interested in sports. Yeah. You know, so for example, people, people get very emotional about it. If their team loses a game or something like you know, you had you have down in South America, they'll have riots and stuff like that, and it's uh, they they take it personally, right? And I I actually cannot reconcile that in my you maybe you can because you're a fan, you you can recognize some extreme of what how you sure I I cannot make that connection. Yeah, I, I can't figure out how you how it can be that important. So what I'm missing some some important link that mm -hmm. that's why. I'm not as into sports as other people. Right. But from a strategic standpoint, if I, and the reason I use hockey as an example is hockey is probably the sport I understand the best. I, you know, I don't know a whole lot about how, I don't really know anything about basketball. To me, it seems like a bunch of arbitrary rules. And, right. And uh, yeah, it, I it baffles me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but no. it's, uh, yeah, yeah I, I I'd actually like to know psychologically why is this, uh, f you know, what's fulfilling about this for people and what is uh, the whole, why do people say we when their team wins? You know, they're not on the team. I, right. And that I, that always bothered me. That was a pet peeve of mine for a while, but there is some kind of deeper reason why people do that. But mm -hmm. when their team loses, they distance themselves. They say they lost. Sure. They don't say we lost all the time. Right, right. So it's like there's more going on there than just uh, they're, they're not – you know, I think I was, I was like assuming they're trying to like take some kind of credit for, or they want to be on the winning side. But I think it's more just like, uh, you know, for whatever reason, somehow their success projects onto you for whatever reason. I, I, I like I said, there's a disconnect. I, I haven't figured that one out yet. Yeah, I've a little bit lived both worlds. Ten years ago in high school, I was all in on sports uh, and really enjoyed them. I still enjoy playing them, and and as a spectator. Uh, but I have gotten to the point where it's like, even, even whatever it is, like we're going to do something and somebody's like, no, I'm not coming because I'm going to watch this game. I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, I, there's a, like, you would rather yeah. go watch this game than go play the game. 
Yeah. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me, but yeah. I still do get it from a, I'm still a fan. I still enjoy sports and I get into it. I get there. My palms get sweaty and I'm excited and I'm watching yeah. whatever, but I do, I do understand your side of things where you're like, how, how, how is it that important? Yeah. Well, see, I, I thought it'd be kind of, I always felt like it'd be kind of cool to be able to get that interested in it. Yeah. I just, uh, I just, I, and I've, I feel like I've given it an honest effort. I just, I've just never been able to. Mm-hmm. So it seems like a lot of fun, you know? And the thing is, it's not that I'm having a miserable time. I actually enjoy it. You just, you'll never see me cheering or right. yelling or, cause I don't care. And, and just watching all the, bloodthirsty people get yeah you know their team can be <laughs> 75 goals ahead and they stole the same thing like uh they're out for blood every time their team gets the puck and stuff and it's like it doesn't matter anymore they're they're gonna win by a lot so yeah just calm down but right <laughs> there's something else there that that's going on because mm-hmm. yeah i i just like to you know what are they doing out there and why and are they doing it right yeah and i get to speculate that's it doesn't matter which team has the pockets. What are they up to? So. Right. And it's a, it's a tale as old as time, right? I mean, down to gladiators fighting lions in the, in yeah. Rome or whatever it was. Right. So there, obviously it's not new. Yeah. It's, it's the same, same thing, but, uh, I feel like we've touched base on this a little bit in the past, but, uh, from a intellectual curiosity, have you always been that way when you were seven when you were 10, whatever else, were you the same way? As far as I can remember. Yeah. And, uh, I was, yeah, I was always, I used to wonder, you know, I've wondered about the nature versus nurture thing. I think a lot of it is, uh, it's just part of who you are because yeah. I see my, you know, my, my oldest kid, he's, a, he's exact same way. If I tell him something, he asks me why. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was watching videos on, uh, the steam cycle on a power plant. Cause, uh, obviously that's relevant to my job. Right. And he starts asking me all these questions, you know, what's that? Oh, it's a condenser what's it for it turns the steam back into water why and i started to answer and i was like i gotta get back to you I, you know yeah <laughs> i i can give you an answer but i don't i don't know if i can tell you exactly why so i had to i had to go do a little research and i realized that he's doing the same thing i do it's uh you know I, so i think it's the same thing just being able to ask those why questions and well it's not being able to it's just you're not content with not knowing why or, right. you know, it's not an acceptable answer. I always had a hard time in, you know, going through a uh, middle school, high school. I, I always got bored because a lot of time you ask why and either they don't know or there's not time to answer all your stupid questions all day or mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, it's just, oh, that's just how it is. Okay. Well then what am I here to learn? Right. I'm not going to memorize all this stuff. So, yeah. And yeah, it's a bummer. You know, I think, uh, you know, I, I think if I would have tried a little harder, I, I didn't do do bad. I just like, I just gave up because it wasn't suited to the way I learned stuff. Yeah. So that's why I try to remember that when, you know, when you keep hearing why, 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 just, you know, don't get impatient with it because I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I've always been this way as far as I can remember. Yeah. There's a... A, th- a common thought or a common f- thing I think amongst a lot of people of like school's worthless. What are we doing here? We're never going to use this anyway. Why would you go to college? You don't need it. And and there's some truth to that, right? You're not going to use algebra two very frequently. Uh, you're not going to necessarily use what you learn in college. But in my opinion, this is true. And I'm curious what you think uh, is I think the 
beauty of school or the, the benefit of school is it teaches you how to learn, but it also gives you a foundation to, if you are intellectually curious like yourself, you can carry that on forever. Yeah. I, you know, I, I see the, I, I'm not going to discount that argument because yeah, I've heard the argument many times. You forget everything you learn. No, you don't. Right. I mean, you forget how to use all these tools. Yeah. You forget how to do the math and stuff. But the fact is, you know, you can't start off learning differential equations. Mm-hmm. You have to learn calculus first. You can't just go from kindergarten to calculus. You know, you have to learn algebra. Right. So you have to learn geometry. You have to, you have to understand uh, a lot of, there's a lot of basic stuff you have to do. So it, it's all, it all builds on each other. So to learn a lot of the concepts you need to be able to do your job, it has to, you have to come from first principles. And maybe not everybody has to do that. But I think uh, there is value to it. And yes, you are going to forget it. Mm-hmm. But there is something from it that you need to get to the next point. Right. So I don't think it's a, a waste. And yeah, could it be done more quickly? Absolutely. Sure. You know, you don't, I don't think everything you learn is relevant. No. Right. But it's uh and K through 12. I know a lot of people have gripes about that. And, you know, I have my own opinions too. It's uh, but that's just how the system is right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not worthless. It's uh, there's still, there's still value. It's just, at that age, it really depends on the kid sure. how much they're going to get out of it. Yeah. And uh, I think more than anything is uh, probably the best benefit is you learn to socialize, you know? Yeah. You, it's the stuff you learn. Like there's a pecking order. There's a, you know, how to interact with people that you may not like or whatever and how to solve problems, interpersonal problems. I think that's the biggest value you get from school probably. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, a lot of people come out of school they don't know how to do any of that stuff, mm-hmm. but you know, you, you put them into a, you, you give them a job and all of a sudden they're the, the best person there after a couple of years. And was, was it school that made them that way? No, but was it useful? Sure. They, mm-hmm. they can deal with the customers better or whatever. And sure. So I, there's value and it might not be easy to quantify what it is. Yeah. I think uh, just right now it's a, it's a struggle everybody's got to go through, but yeah, like, I think it's beneficial for some reason or another. Yeah. And it probably depends on the person, but. Yeah. Or I think to me, a lot of, and I'm thinking about the intellectual curiosity, a lot of what I think is beneficial in my life is just that desire to learn, to be reading, learning new things, whatever else. And, and I attributed that to school, but maybe that maybe with or without school that would have been there. I think so. You know, I, I know people who, I know a lot of people who read who did, didn't do so well in school, and I know a lot of people who did well who don't read at all. Okay, it's uh, I think it, there is a correlation, I would say, but you know what comes first, chicken or the egg, kind sure. of thing, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's maybe the people who like to read more tend to pay more attention in school. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's probably there's probably been research done on that, and people probably have a fairly accurate assessment of that. I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'd say there's a good chance that there, you know, it could be any one of those is, uh, comes first. Sure. Right. But you have been always that way. Uh, did you ever find when you were young, would people get annoyed with that when you're asking too many questions or did you, Um, if they did, you didn't realize it maybe. (laughs) I probably didn't realize it. I wasn't good good at picking up on the cues, but I, I remember people getting annoyed, but that could just be anything like, Kids can be annoying, sure. right? So 
it could have been just I was going about it in an annoying way or yeah. I was uh I was getting in the way who knows it could be any number of things but I feel like people in general you know will entertain it for a while anyway yeah and it's uh yeah yeah, I don't remember what the question was. No, no just did people get annoyed with oh, you yeah. when you're younger? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. People got annoyed, but I don't think it was always because of because of that. I think it was just because of other, whatever. Sure, I was so, just annoying for other reasons, probably. Yeah, and I've said I've said that I was the type to ask too many questions where people got annoyed, but it probably was fairly infrequently. I'm not saying like I consistently went around and everyone was just getting annoyed at me, but for sure, I there was times where I either got too personal or asked too many questions or yeah, whatever. But yeah. Yeah, it's how you it's how you learn how to deal with people too, right? It, eventually, you learn that there's questions you shouldn't ask people. Yeah, or right. you push too far, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, just from sitting on your side, anything else you want to cover? I guess I'm curious what the experience is like versus what you expected, and then anything else you'd want to chat about. Yeah, like, like I said, I didn't have much of an expectation. I just figured it's <clears throat> it's a wild card. So I don't know. It's uh, it just kind of feels like a regular conversation. It just the clock is spinning way faster than it normally does and just <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever right it's yeah but i don't I, I guess i like uh i'm interested in the same thing just what makes people tick and it's um so any chance to talk about it is uh kind of gets your gears turning right so right really yeah i don't i don't know if i have any well i guess yeah i do have something i was uh i've been interested in and i was thinking i'd, I'd be interested in going forward as seeing like your experience as you interview more and more people like how is that changing what's your like uh are you finding your process changes or you're just your mindset or what you know what, what are you noticing what's the uh <clears throat> and it probably seems like most things don't happen every single time it's just it probably builds up a little and also there's a big jump mm -hmm. that's what i notice is most things happen in steps right so <clears throat> have you noticed uh, any drastic changes as you interview more people or Nothing crazy. Uh, I've noticed things. I, again, I've I've noticed things going through the process that I didn't realize as I got into it. One of the things, and I've said it a couple times now, is not always, but there's frequently where I'm interviewing somebody and it, it re-inspires them. Like maybe yeah. they've been into something for ten years and and people get don't want to talk about it very much or whatever, yeah. or, or they just don't realize that <clears> it's <throat> unique. And you sit down and talk about it, and they talk about their journey and what they've been through, and they're like this is actually super cool yeah. and it can like re-inspire them, which I think is pretty cool yeah. uh, to make them re-realize what their why is of what whatever they're yeah. into. Um, <clears throat> the other part is, is maybe this is true, maybe it's not, but a lot of kids are probably just like you or, or are really passionate into things, but they have to go to be, do this. They have to go to be yeah. a teacher. They have to go to school. Whereas if there's young people that are that listen and realize I don't have to be a professional athlete. I don't have to be a full-time this, but I can still live a life where I'm passionate and fired you just up. Be a regular guy and do whatever you want. It's just right. Yeah. So, but but still maintain that passion, though. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like you're giving up on life. You can still be a fired up guy or fired up girl into whatever you're into. Yeah. And maybe that is a professional thing, or maybe it's just a, hey, you can you can do this other thing and 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 also yeah. still be fired up elsewhere. Yeah, I I think whatever environment you're in, it doesn't really matter. It's right. just. Uh, yeah, just use what you got. Like yeah. for me, it's hard to get bored. Yeah. It's uh my mind will start wandering almost instantly. So mm -hmm. if I get bored, that's usually when I start getting 
good ideas. So sure, it's a uh, well good to me. A lot of my good ideas are probably uh, <laughs> probably really not worth pursuing from a utilitarian standpoint. It's just right. I think it's interesting, so I do it. Yeah, and but yeah, has my processes changed? Not really. May, potentially, I might without realizing it get better at interviewing or something like that. Um, I, you know, I don't know. Well, it changes person to person too, right? Yeah. So for sure. Hard to really have a exact process. It's gotta be a little bit fluid. I'd imagine. So yeah. One feedback I've gotten from quite a few people is, uh, and maybe that's where you start to learn of who your audience is, is I'm asking Garrett Impla about his bike ride or Tom about his flying up to Alaska is a lot of people are asking me like, Hey, I wanted to know like the technical stuff, like what, what, where did they stop? Where did they eat? Yeah. What kind of gear did they use? Which is interesting to me. And there is maybe a, a, a bigger reason why I didn't ask Garrett some of those questions. But I might be too inclined to some of my audience to get into the like, why did you do this? What were you thinking when you did this? Yeah. Versus like, what was the activity? And what was the things that you did? And what were the stops that you made and stuff like yeah. that? But I mean, that's kind of the whole theme of your podcast is uh, going into, yeah, the mindset, right? It's right. not the... Uh, yeah, the technicalities. So yeah. I guess I can appreciate that. It's a, uh, I mean, I'll visit with somebody all night, and then my wife will say, "Oh, you know, where, where do they work at?" And yeah, yeah, it never came up. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Right. Yeah. So you've but, known them for ten years, right? Yeah, but it, it didn't come up. I don't know. <laughs> right. So I do enjoy the technical <clears throat> side of things, and it is it is engaging. But I think it just what you're into and that's what I, that does go back to i'm gonna have a different interview than somebody else it's oh, just yeah. what you're into are you again you interviewing somebody that i interview it's gonna be way different yeah so yeah i don't know it's uh no i don't think nothing crazy from a process standpoint i think there will be a lot of learning and there has been even from the start from a technical standpoint from an interviewee standpoint uh and there probably will be some incremental jumps that i will yeah. go through uh you're probably the one where or part of what I've been working on internally is I enjoy a conversation, letting it go different directions. Yeah. Whereas I haven't found a way and maybe I will, or maybe I won't, I don't know, but, uh, let's talk about this and talk about the mindsets. But if we've got some other interesting area to talk about, that would be a, a fun conversation. I haven't really found out a good way to transition into that other thing. Yeah. We've talked about a lot of different areas, probably just because the way that that's the way your mind works, that's right? What happens, yeah. Uh, whereas a lot of my conversations have been, you know, strictly about what is this thing and what are the mm -hmm. mindsets around that thing versus other different tangents that would be enjoyable to go on. Yeah, maybe I would find the <clears throat> audience isn't engaged in it. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, I suppose it's it's a little bit of a balance, right? Is like how much of it do you have to try to keep true to what you're. Uh, podcast is supposed to be about and how mm -hmm. much is for your own curiosity yeah i mean because really at the end of the day you could you could ed edit it or trim some or put it in two parts even or something right mm -hmm. you know no i've said from the beginning though this is all about me i don't yeah. care what uh, uh analytics say what the that's probably the most best way to do it it's genuine right yeah yeah so even us having this conversation, maybe I should have, if I would have had a, a, a pre-written questions, we could have stayed upon a theme, but who cares? Nah. Right? No, that's, then <clears throat> you run the risk of all the fun getting sucked out of it. Yeah. Right? If you're going to try to structure it, it's a, you, you, to me, the work should, it seems like the work is uh, done and you set it up, get everything ready. Right. Then this part, this is the fun part, right? Yeah. 
for sure. The work comes after when you got to produce it and all that stuff. And right. one before I suppose, but yeah, if you make this part work too, then is there any fun left? No. Right. So to me, structuring, and it's not going to sound as, uh, as natural. It's going to sound forced mm-hmm. and maybe other people would disagree, but I, I think just, uh, conversations are always like that. They're just, they just flow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, some people might be more structured and more organized I'm not, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, whatever. I drift around every which way. So yeah, I, I personally feel more comfortable doing that. And I think it seems like you're the same way, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I would yeah. say personally, if you're doing what you enjoy, just keep doing it. It's, it's more natural that way and people will feel more comfortable. Yeah. And yeah, they might not get all the information they want, but that's when, well, go talk to the guy and ask him questions. You know what he mm-hmm. did now, so you bump into him like, hey, you know, right? What kind of bike did you use, or what kind of whatever? Right, right. It's I think uh, that stuff can be figured out later. Mm-hmm. For sure. So yeah, if you're looking for mindset, but just yeah, do that. Just tr- try to dig into their mind by pulling out stories or whatever, and yeah. No, for sure. I, that, that's what I do. I enjoy the just the psychology side of things, right? Yeah. Which you've got a history with as well. Well, uh, I'm saying from I'm enjoying the psychology. Yeah. How, don't you? I, for some reason, I feel like you. I, I've I've taken a few classes. I, I study stuff on my own. Okay. Well, I, I like to read everything, but um, you know, I've read a couple of random books that I thought were interesting, and uh, yeah, on you know from the same reason why I like engineering, I'm interested in how the brain works and what each part does and all of its roles and stuff. But then even just, uh, you know, how there's different disorders and stuff like that and how, how a normal brain function can manifest into disorders and hmm. what that looks like. And there's just, there's studying the, I mean, studying the brain is something that people do for an entire lifetime because it's so, it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, when you watch it, how your whole body reacts to it, and how even the food you eat affects the way you feel, which is, uh, you know, that's kind of. I've just recently started realizing when I eat a lot of sugar, like if I'm at a you know a birthday party or something like that, usually the next day I you know get like mildly depressed. Hmm. I, I've, I'm starting to think I'm gonna have to. It'll be a while. I have to keep testing it, but I feel like. Uh, Either I'm really sensitive to sugar or that's just a natural byproduct of sugar and I'm just becoming more aware of it. Right. And uh, I know sugar is, uh, well, that, yeah, this is a whole, it's a, yeah. it's a whole, we don't need to go into detail. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. it's known to affect moods and different things like that and cause inflammation, whatever, all, <clears throat> all that stuff. But I'm just knowing person, noticing personally that right now <clears throat> it appears that it affects my mood negatively about a 24 hours later. So huh. I like to do experiments. So yeah, even if I know that's happening, I'm going to still try it for a while just to see. Right. And right. I don't like sugar all that much anyway. I've never liked candy growing up. Hmm. So it's not going to be that hard to r- reduce my sugar intake. So yeah. if it makes me feel better, then yeah, I'm going to eat less of it. Yeah. I bet you it is a uh, natural byproduct like you're not super sensitive to it. Everybody yeah. is that way. I think so. It's, but yeah. I mean, I guess I don't have a whole lot to base that on, so I'm not gonna go uh, make that claim on, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to the world. 
maybe that's what I just did. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. But no, this is fun. I enjoy this. I mean, yeah. it's just, it feels like a same conversation. I think the last two times we got together uh, in a big group, you and I were the last ones there talking until way too late. Yeah, uh, so that happens feel- like every time for me. Yeah. It's just every everyone else leaves or goes to bed or whatever, and I just, yeah. I don't know how it happens, but yeah. <laughs> but no, it has been fun. I really appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It's uh, I had a blast. So yeah, thanks, short. Yeah. Hey guys, thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have and you feel so inclined, share this podcast with your friends. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and give us some feedback with a review. Until next time, thank you.